0: Welcome to the Energy Update presented by the Institute for Energy Research for the week of February 1st, 2021. I'm Alex Stevens. There's one main thing that I want to highlight today, which is a blog from IAR's Director of Policy, Kenny Stein, on Biden's day one executive orders. On January 20th, immediately following being sworn in, the Biden administration announced a slew of executive orders, several involving energy and environmental policy. Most headlines have focused on the Keystone XL pipeline decision and rejoining the Paris Agreement but other actions will over time have a more widespread impact. The action with the most immediate result is the revocation of the Keystone XL pipeline to cross the U.S.-Canada border. Because the permit is purely presidential rather than an agency action, it is not required to go through any formal process. The permit revocation does not affect the parts of the pipeline that are already constructed and operating. Despite crowing by various environmental pressure groups, the permit revocation also will not have an effect on oil production from Canada. Rather than traveling through the pipeline, Canadian production will have to travel by rail coming into the U.S. Perhaps ironically, considering the objections to the pipeline were environmental, rail transport results in greater greenhouse gas emissions and a higher risk of spills or accidents from crashes and derailments compared to pipelines. The decision is thus mostly symbolic, though the 1,000 or more job losses are already announced and the greater demand for Venezuelan heavy crude are very real effects. Another order with near-term effect is the decision to rejoin the Paris Agreement, the non-binding international agreement on reducing greenhouse gas emissions. There's a 30-day waiting period to rejoin, which means the U.S. will join on February 19th. The Biden administration appears ready to continue the Obama administration's fiction that the Paris Agreement is not a treaty requiring Senate ratification. The treaty is non-binding, and in any case, the Biden administration has announced no new commitments under the treaty. As a signaling effort, though, it cannot be ignored. The administration clearly intends to use the Paris Agreement as a justification for its harmful climate policies, and there remains the danger that activist judges will use the agreement as a backdoor means to impose climate regulations that cannot pass Congress. The third set of actions with near-term effects impact oil and gas development in Alaska. The Biden administration has reinstated the Obama administration's withdrawal of offshore development off the north coast of Alaska. While the Trump administration did rescind that withdrawal, Low oil prices and the difficulties of offshore development in the Arctic resulted in no new activity during his term. Thus, this decision does not have on-the-ground effects right now. The Biden administration also announced a moratorium on leasing activity in the coastal plain of Alaska pending a new environmental review. The Trump administration earlier this year completed a first round of leasing in the coastal plain. The order does not revoke these leases, but the Biden administration is signaling a clear intent to hold up any efforts at development. However, moving forward with a leasing program for the coastal plain is congressionally mandated under current law. Without new action from Congress, the Biden administration cannot stonewall development forever, but regulatory tricks and delay tactics can be expected. Limiting the near-term effect of this action, though, is that development activity in the coastal plain was already unlikely in the near term due to low oil prices and coronavirus weakened global demand. Any actual development activity was already not expected during Biden's term but regulatory obstruction today can still hamper future devel- development. Kenny's blog goes on to explain a few of the long-term uh, regulatory actions that have also been taken by J- Joe Biden's administration on day one, including the instructions to various agencies and departments to begin the process of reviewing and revising regulations and guidance. That blog post and more work from IER's staff can be found on our website, instituteforenergyresearch.org. Thank you for listening. I'm Alex Stevens.